He is risen. Let's pray. Father, we stand today in your house. We come here to celebrate the greatest event that ever happened, your son's victory. Lord, as we come to the tomb this morning, renew in us faith and hope and joy. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. You know, before I start, before the service began this morning, I was talking back there with Dan and, and Jonathan, and we were remembering one year ago. This is so much better. <laughs> A man was driving down a road in Florida, and all of a sudden, the road opened up beneath his car. It swallowed his car whole. The man wasn't hurt believe it or not. But he said afterwards, it was the strangest thing. One minute, I'm driving down the road on a beautiful, sunny day, and the next moment, I'm in a deep, dark hole. The world caving in around me. I didn't know what to think. I had an experience like that in our first parish. It was a different time of the year. It was winter, Nebraska. Serving a dual parish. It was an icy morning. Got in the car to go from one church to the other just outside of Meadow Grove, Nebraska. My car hit some ice. I spun around. I hit the shoulder. The car, and I'm only going 25 miles an hour or less, the car flipped through the air and landed on a farmer's fence. I got out of the car and I didn't know what had happened. I couldn't find the road. I couldn't figure out where I was. I was dazed, I was confused, I was in shock. That's Easter morning. I mean, think about it. Followers of Jesus that morning were just like the man in that sinkhole, right? They had believed that Jesus was their Messiah. Indeed, just one week ago, one week earlier, they had entered the holy city of Jerusalem, crowds shouting, Hosanna, 
celebrating his coming, waving palm branches. Just three days earlier, they had celebrated Passover with Jesus. Everything had been wonderful. And then it all changed. They went out to the Mount of Olives. Soldiers appeared. Judas, one of their own, came up and kissed Jesus on the cheek. The soldiers stepped forward, took hold of him. Somebody cut off the the ear of the high priest. They carted Jesus away in chains. They put him on trial. By nine the next morning, he was nailed to a cross. By three in the afternoon, he was dead, and they were hunting around for a place to bury him. Then when they thought things couldn't get worse, they did. Sunday morning, Mary goes out to the tomb, Mary Magdalene. But when she gets there, nothing is the way she expects it. The stone is rolled away. She looks into the tomb, and his body is gone. And so the Bible tells us, right, that she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, and she said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have laid him. And so Simon Peter and John, they get up and they head out to the tomb, and John outruns Peter, and they look into the tomb, and everything is just as Mary had described. And they saw They saw the linen cloths lying there and the the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. And and they had to wonder what in the world happened. Why would somebody steal his body and leave the cloth? And why would a thief take the time to fold up the head cloth so neatly and place it off by itself? Mary, Mary stood there crying outside the tomb. She's so dazed that when two angels speak to her, she doesn't even know who they are. Woman, why are you weeping? They've taken my Lord away, she said. And I don't know where they have laid him. I think we understand her confusion. We've had sinkholes open up in our lives, haven't we? Remember one man came to my office crying so hard he could hardly speak. Pastor, I came home from a trip, so anxious to see my family. She met me at the door. She wants a divorce. I don't know what to do. 
Another woman who came to me, she said, Pastor, I went to the doctor for a checkup. That's all. They found cancer. You know, Pastor, he said, they told me my job was just fine. So I went in this morning. The boss called me in. We've eliminated your position. I can still see the young college student. He said, Pastor, I, I've studied for two years to get into this physical therapy program. I've taken all the courses. I've done well in every one but one. But today they tell me that because of that one, I can't get in. I've got to start all over. I remember a morning in February, the night before, Linda and I had gone with our kids and my mom and dad to eat in Shreveport. We'd talk dad into going. Remember that night as we said goodbye and I, could watch, I watched my dad walk down the, side, the, the driveway with my mom to their car. I remember saying, we'll see you on Sunday. And then Saturday morning I went over to the church I was doing premarital counseling. I had barely gotten in the office when Linda called and she said, you need to come home. We need to go. I said, why? I said, I think your dad is having a heart attack and your mom is panicked. By noon, he was gone. We understand confusion, don't we? A year ago, everything was wonderful. The economy was humming along, record unemployment, the future looked bright, and then all of a sudden, everything shut down, and we've spent a year of new sinkholes, haven't we? Of people lost, of people sick, of people dying, locked behind doors like those disciples, not for fear of the Jews, but for fear of a virus. That's why this Easter, I want to invite you to the tomb. See, at the empty tomb of Jesus, God answers the hardest questions of life. Here today at the empty tomb is the answer to our confusion. Mary stood there. So confused, not only didn't she recognize the angels, but when she senses a man standing behind her, she turns around and looks at him and doesn't know who he is. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And that's when it happened. Jesus spoke to her again. One 
simple word. Her name. Mary. That's when the fog lifted. Right? Suddenly, she understood. This is why the tomb is empty. This is no gardener. This is my friend. This is my Savior. This is my Jesus. The one we buried is alive again. He who died has risen. She turned and she said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. And then, not knowing, I think, what else to do, she grabbed hold of him and hugged the stuffing out of him and didn't want to let him go so that finally Jesus says to her, Stop clinging to me. For I have not ascended to my Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. You know, I think we can understand Mary. Because sometimes when things happen, when the hole open up, opens up underneath our lives, we feel like somebody who's been knocked on the head. How many of you have had a traumatic experience, a terrible moment, and you look back and you're awake through the whole thing, but you can't remember what happened? That's why we need Easter. See, the empty tomb assures us that though we are often confused, God is not. And so sometimes in those moments we wonder, what's your plan, God? The empty tomb assures us he has one. He has a plan that he laid out before the creation of the world. He has a plan that he had set into motion from the moment that man fell into sin. He put it into action the moment Jesus was born. Remember Simeon carrying baby Jesus? He tells Mary about the cross. A sword will pierce your own soul. Jesus repeated the plan many times. He told his disciples, the Son of Man must suffer many things, be delivered over to sinful man, be crucified, and on the third day be raised to life again. Jesus is so sure of this plan that that night in the upper room when everybody else just sat there, the Bible says Jesus, knowing the plan, knowing that he had come from God and was going back to God, got up from the table and began to wash the feet of the disciples. That night, so confident of the plan of his father that even though he knew all that was about to happen, he prayed in the garden, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. So confident confident was he that even after all that was done for him, even though after he had been arrested and lied about, whipped, beaten, spit on, nailed to a cross, crowned with thorns, even as his life slipped away, he prayed, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And God kept his promise. For we know what the angels said, don't we? He is not here. 
He is risen. You were listening to the children's message. Folks, you can have confidence in God's plan, even though when you don't understand it. A few years ago, I got a text from our son, Benjamin. Kaya, our oldest, was at that time a pretty small little girl, maybe Grace's age or a little bit older. And Ben said he was watching Kaya out back by the slide, and she had her teddy bears, and she was teaching her teddy bears to slide safely down the slide. And Ben said, as she did so, she said to the bears, don't worry, it's okay. Your daddy has you. Folks, that's what Easter says to you and me, it's okay. Don't worry. Your daddy has you. See, Easter, in the resurrection of Jesus, God has given us an answer about what lies beyond the confusion. Because when we're confused, when we're dazed, we find it hard to see beyond that moment. And we worry, is this what it's all going to be? Is this the end of whatever hopes we had? Easter assures us he already won. Easter assures us That in all these things, God works for the good of those who love him. There's a story I love about a a man and his son. I think I've shared it with you before. Sitting beside his wife, the boy's mother. She's just died of cancer. With tears streaming down his face, the father lifts his fist in the air and he says to his son, the cancer didn't win. The cancer didn't win. Now to our eyes that makes no sense. All the evidence he needs that the cancer won is staring him in his face. Her lifeless body. How could he say that? Because he knew what Mary found at the tomb. He knew what had happened. So do you. He knew that the one nailed to that cross had risen from the dead. He knew that sin, death, cancer itself had been destroyed by Christ's victory on Easter morning. He knew because of the empty tomb that no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ. He knew that just as just as Mary had gone to the tomb. Just as Jesus had spoken, 
her name. Even so, Jesus met you at this tomb. And he called your name, Shelley, Joyce, Cliff, Troy. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He's alive. That's what lies beyond the tomb. We were buried with Christ by baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And because we have heard his name, because he has called our names, because we have been united with him in baptism in a death like his, we, the Bible says, will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Because, my friends, there is one truth that rings through the years. There is one reason to know that divorce doesn't win, cancer doesn't win, COVID doesn't win, death doesn't win, and that truth is this. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. A blessed Easter to you all. Amen.